0: to everyone glad to see all of you here this morning welcome to our sunday morning worship service at the boomer church of christ we definitely appreciate your attendance today a good crowd is coming in we're looking forward to a day that we've come to worship and we hope that uh We prepare our minds and be willing to participate in the worship service when it's appropriate. We thank you very much for being here today. Let's pray, please. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the day you've given us. We thank you for the beauty of it that we get to see this morning. We we thank you, Father, for the cool weather. We thank you for the sunshine. And Father, we're just thankful to be here on this day to worship we're thankful for the privilege we have to worship and father we pray that we take it seriously father we want to be pleasing to you our congregation our congregation here wants to be pleasing in your sight we pray for each of those that's going to be participating in the worship service today particularly we pray for brother ken as he brings a lesson to us we pray that we'll gain knowledge, understanding that will help us in our daily life and the things that we should be doing. Well it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First song
1: this morning number
2: three hundred and forty four.
1: This is what.
3: Our heavenly father, we love you so very much. And we thank you so much for your love for us. And we thank you so much for this time that we have to be together to worship. Father, we're so thankful for this church here. Every member, each family represented. So thankful for the love that this congregation has for one another. We thank you for all the work that's being done and all the the good hearts and the good people here. I just pray that you would continue to give us strength, continue to give our leadership wisdom, and uh, just be with us as we try to carry out the work here. Father, we pray for those that are sick here in our congregation. We just ask your blessing to be with them. And if it be your will that you would you would heal them and help them and all those going through difficulties. Father, we pray for our youth here. We pray for our children. I Pray for our college ministry. That you'd be with these young people and give them strength as they go out into the world to be the right kind of people, be the people you want them to be. Pray for uh, those who are Are teaching them and those who are involved and just ask you to, uh, to be with them and bless them. Pray all of us could be examples for our young people here. Father we know how much you love us so much you would send your only son. We're thankful for your son and his example and the example that he set while he was here. I pray that each of us would learn to love as Jesus loved as we go out into the community. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. If you'd like to mark the song
1: of them tell you, would be number 927. 927. Song before the scripture reading this morning, In Christ Alone. If there is a key change in the fourth verse. Don't pay any attention to that. We're going to stay right where we're at. If you're able, please stand as we sing this song.
2: In Christ the Lord, my
4: hope is
2: found. All uh-huh. right.
4: Luke 24, 1 through 7. Luke 24, 1 through 7. I'll be singing the fir- oh, reading the first through seventh verse. I'll be reading from the ESV version. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed prope- about this, behold, two men stood by them dazzling in dazzling apparel and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek a living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified and on the third day rise.
3: Thank you.
1: Good morning, everyone. Hope you had a great week. We're looking forward to some wonderful things today from God's word. This sentiment from verse six, he is not here, but is risen. That's fundamental for us today. We're going to explore just how precious that statement truly is. Before we start, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessing of this day and especially of this opportunity to be able to assemble here and to participate in these acts of worship. And Father, we've already soared into your presence through the vehicle of these songs and these prayers. And I pray, Father, that as we examine your word today, that we will be taken even to greater heights. We thank you for the power of that word and the way that it's expressed, not just in the words themselves, but how they reach our hearts and transform us. And Lord, today, just, just impress upon us the great blessing, the gift of Jesus and of His resurrection from the dead. We rejoice now, just as they did then, that the grave could not hold Him, that he burst forth triumphantly. And it's in that same hope that we have the same expectation that someday we will do the same because of your love for us demonstrated in Jesus. I pray, Father, today that you will help me to express these things in a way that's easy to understand. And I pray for those who hear it that They will appreciate your sacrifice of your Son and of the resurrection of Jesus' triumph over death and of the promise that we have to do the same. Lord, bless us in the proclamation of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, He is not here, but is risen. He was not bound by that grave. He came forth triumphantly. And he stands now as a testament to the power of God and the fulfillment of prophecy. That power of God demonstrated so greatly that you and I, we are able to have freedom even from the fear of death itself that resurrection of Jesus from the grave, that is fundamental to Christianity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 17, it says that if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. If Jesus didn't rise from the grave, then our meeting here today is really meaningless. If Jesus didn't rise from that grave... He was just a man, and therefore offering no hope for us. But if Jesus did rise from the grave, as we assuredly proclaim, then there is the hope of eternal life. I believe that Jesus rose from that grave. That on that occasion, as they peered at the obvious they made that declaration. He is not here, but is risen. That resurrection attests to some things, and I want to share those with you today. His resurrection attests to the truth of prophecy. I want to just examine for a moment exactly what it means or entails when we talk about prophecy. There are certain things that we're always going to find as elements related to prophecies in the Scripture. For instance, there is a powerful message. There are two ways to talk about prophets. One is with regard to what we most often think of, the foretelling of the future, but there's also the aspect of the foretelling. Really, that's the truest aspect. It was simply speaking the message of God, from God to the people. Oftentimes it did include some foretelling of an event to come, but it is the proclamation, the message of God. But but then with that message also comes a needed response to the message. You hear it, what are you going to do? God's desire is obedience. So I'm going to hear the message and I'm going to condition myself to obey what God has said. And then I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust that what he has said and the outcome that he has foretold is absolutely true. And I'm going to live by that. I'm going to... Well, that was fun. So with... You got me now? So with the meaning in place, God has expressed Himself and with our obedience, we're going to conform to that message. And with the trust that we have, that God is always sure in the things that He proclaims. And then the hope of things to come. We march forward, we are moving with confidence. But but how does that meaning, how does that, that truth related to prophecy have to do with the idea of what we're talking about today? The matter of the resurrection of, of Jesus. How do I see the resurrection attesting to, say, the truth of prophecy? Well, what is that connection? Well, there's a lot of scripture that points to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you're, you're probably very familiar with. But I, I wanted to look at one little piece of scripture that I thought was so well, it's transformative in the sermon that Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost. The original prophecy is found in the book of Psalms, of all places, 16 and verse 10. David is the prophet here in this text speaking under the authority and power of God delivering the message indicative of some future obedience the the portion of trust that's going to be necessary in order to transcend generations for the ultimate fulfillment and hope of the statement. But he says, You will not leave my soul in Sheol nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption I'm sure that when people read those passages not just from the time of David but on they were like what 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 is the world you know what what is David talking about that God would leave his soul in Sheol in the place of death what, what is he talking about his flesh would not see corruption and Peter kind of going on those question marks that must have been around for generations And that great sermon that he preached on the day of Pentecost, the gospel is being proclaimed. We're coming to a grand conclusion. And here's the conclusion. In verses 29 to 32, Peter reminds them of something that maybe had stuck in their minds all along. And he says, here's the reality of it. You know, as regards our patriarch David, the truth is that he is dead and buried. And you and I, we can go see his tomb today. It's with us. But he said, the reality is that David was a prophet. And God had made a promise. He had sworn an oath to David. And that oath, he says, is satisfied today in your hearing with regard to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. David was not speaking of himself. David was speaking of the Christ that God swore would come from his own flesh and sit on his throne. And it is that Christ that God was making that promise with regard to that his soul would not be left in Hades nor would his flesh see corruption. He said, this Jesus God has raised from the dead And we all are witnesses to that fact. From ages past, the promise, the message of God by his prophet David desirous of a future faith, trust, obedience. The gospel being proclaimed, Jesus Christ has died for you. God has raised him from the dead. It was going to be in that belief of God's Christ and His resurrection, that men were going to be saved. And as a result of that obedience, there would be ultimate hope. Trusting God for their salvation. Jesus' resurrection attests to the absolute power that is associated with the matter of prophecy, the truth of it. But his resurrection also attests to the very power of God. Let's examine for a moment what we really mean when we talk about the power of God. Two passages that actually, well, they're practically word for word. The first statement is mentioned in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14. And the second one is in Jeremiah, chapter 32 and verse 27. It is actually a question, a rhetorical question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? (laughs) Okay, well, when I read that, I already know the answer. You know, even that early in the book of Genesis, I've already been introduced to the outstanding acts of God. So I would say, well, of course there isn't anything too hard for the Lord. And then by the time you get to Jeremiah, the great prophet of God. Well, no question about that. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Absolutely not. God can do anything. I think about the application of that, you know, and I'm thinking about God's acts. And honestly, when I think of God, when he puts his mind to a thing, the power of God is just it's overwhelming. Uh, For instance. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is it too hard for God to create things? (laughs) Well, you read through the first chapter of the book of Genesis, right? Six days, God creates everything. And here's, here's a nutshell description of how he does this. Let's start from the very beginning. Let there be light. And there was light. You know, he didn't sit in his laboratory experimenting, coming up with with great accomplishments and failures until he came up with. Not like that. God said, let there be light. Boom. There was light. I'm going to put that in the easy category. Anything too hard for the Lord? Seriously? Let there be light and there was light? That's easy for God. We could go every single day. God speaks it; it comes into existence, easy. But let's put this thing in a form. As regards Jesus, so God says, "Let there be Calvary," and there was Calvary. But Ephesians chapter one verse nineteen says that that happened according to the exceeding greatness of his power. It's easy for God to say, let there be light and there's light. But it was a hard thing for God to say, let there be Calvary. Because in Calvary, there is the offering up of his Son. In Calvary, there's the offering of His Son to leave the glory of heaven and to come here. A world that needed a Savior. Necessarily then, a world filled with sin. Corruption. It's a hard thing requiring the exceeding greatness of His power to send His Son to come here To live among us and then to die on a cursed tree. And then with all the power and the might of God resurrecting him from the grave. For men who are undeserving of that gift. Consider, as it were, how the resurrection attests to the power of God. So here's the story in a nutshell from Philippians chapter two, beginning at verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, Even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It was a hard thing to send Jesus here to die for us. Was it too hard? Well, apparently not. But it was hard enough. And it was so hard in sending his son that his son died. His son was offered for the salvation of all men. And then God, in response to that, in his great demonstration of power, not only resurrected him from the grave, but restored his glory. Now, here's the thing about that resurrection and the power of God. So much so is that truth related to Jesus and the promises he made for us that not only is Jesus raised, but God makes certain promises for those of us who believe in that resurrection, who have gone through the process of that resurrection through our obedience to the gospel and our death, burial, and resurrection with Him in baptism. And so we ask this question regarding the power of God. Question, child of God, if God is for us, who can be against us? How shall he who gave up his son withhold anything from us? How shall they charge God's elect? Because it's God who justifies. Who is it that is able to condemn us? Listen, it's Christ who died and furthermore, by the power of God is risen. It is Christ who is at the right hand of God, who now even also intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of the sword? As it is written. We are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All made possible. By the absolute power of God. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. Not even to the point of the hardness, the difficulty, the challenge of sending his own son to die among us. Undeserving as we were. That's the power of the resurrection. And then his resurrection attests to the freedom from fear. I was at a Bible camp one time, and somebody came up with this great idea because the theme kind of centered around the fear of God. And so one of the exercises was at night of all times. They would bring in the campers one at a time. They would set them. There would be a light shining on them. And they'd ask, what are you afraid of? And some of the kids said, you know, the things you would expect them to say. Spiders. And just thinking about that kind of gives me the creepy crawlies right now. Snakes. The dark (laughs) that they were in. But there was one little kid out of the entire bunch of campers who under those, oh, they were trying circumstances for a little one. There was one little child that when asked, what do you fear? He said, I fear God. I will tell you. That there was a time and maybe for some that time still exists. When death. Was the ultimate fear. You know, living's grand. And you make your plans and you have your family and your job and the things that are of interest to you. And you go along until something happens and you come face to face with the prospect of death. For many, for the majority of time, facing death and being in sin meant that there was no hope. Can you imagine facing death with no hope? That is a terrifying prospect. To know that I would enter into eternity owning, responsible for my sin in the face of a God who cannot stand sin. I, I, would, I would be terrified at the very idea of dying under those circumstances. But, but even today, many people, even children of God, who should have the hope and the expectation of eternal life, still have a kind of fear or a loathing of death. And maybe it's a natural Thing. I'm just maybe it's not so much I fear eternity as it is I fear what leads up to death you know oftentimes the pain and the anguish or uh, the long illness or the injury, Jesus died so that despite what we experience here that we might have a great hope regarding what's to come. I know that when I go from this life to the next, that I'm not going alone. That the one who's already been through death and overthrown death is able to walk with me through what we call the the valley, the, the dark shadows of death. We have a shepherd who leads us through. Maybe that's why Psalm 23 is such a popular text at a funeral. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't benefit the person who has passed from this life to the next, but it sure does offer consolation to those of us who remain, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your sap, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, I'm trusting you. But listen, that trust because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead gives us a freedom over the fear of death. When the Apostle Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption and this mortal is put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that's written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh Hades, where is your victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus put all of that aside. And when we walk with him, eternity is our expectation. It is our expectation. And even facing death, we ought to be fortified. Jesus, as he was facing death, seems to be offering consolation to his disciples. Who are rended in their hearts, O Lord. But in John chapter 14, here's what he says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive it to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. For where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You and I, we are we are beneficiaries of the resurrected Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. In our obedience to the gospel, we have the promise of eternal life in our faithful walk with Him. Here's the truth. He is not here. He is risen. He has come forth triumphantly out of that grave. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 tells us that He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He may be the first, but He won't be the last. And you and I will follow in those same footsteps into eternal life. If you're a child of God today, you ought to have every confidence in your relationship with Jesus. You trust in the prophecies that have been made concerning him and their fulfillment. You trust in the almighty power of God. And you don't have fear. You have freedom from the fear of of death, in anticipation of life eternal. If you're a child of God, you ought to hold that. If, if you don't, if there are things standing in your way of that absolute confidence, then today's the day to repent of those things that are standing in the way. Today, repent, confess. Let us encourage you and pray with you. Let's be certain that we can have that confidence through the resurrection of Jesus. And if you're not a child of God today, it is that very resurrection that gives the promise of the forgiveness of sins. That's why He died to begin with. Today, you can go through the semblance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. If you believe He's the Son of God and that God raised Him from the dead, if you're ready to turn away from your sins in repentance, confessing that faith, be buried in water, have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. Rise up in newness of life. The same resurrection as demonstrated with the power of God and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to eternal life. That can be yours. And someday, when you face death, it will just be the transition from one life to the next, to eternal life with the Father. If that's to be yours today, have courage and respond. Why don't you come? If you need to, while we stand together and sing.
2: Jesus, me.
1: Lord's Supper. We sing the first and last verse of Ten Thousand Angels.
4: Does anyone need an emblem uh, this morning to protect the Lord's Supper? Our text this morning is in Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 26, and this is the Last Supper scene Jesus with his disciples. In verse 26, it says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This morning as we enter into the Lord's Supper, I want us to reverently consider a few things. One, we remember the sacrifice that God the Father made, sending his son Jesus to die on that cross of Calvary. And then let's remember the obedience that Jesus the Son showed by following through with that painful plan but more than those two I want to consider the love that God the Father and Jesus the Son had and has for sinners like me and you that they were willing to go through that to give us a chance You'll bow your heads. Dear God, we thank you so much for your son and the sacrifice that was made. God, right now, we thank you for this bread, which represents Christ's body. Our prayer is that we partake of this bread in a manner pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Bow with me. Dear God, we also thank you right now for this cup, which represents Christ's blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary. Our prayer, God, that we partake of this in a manner that's pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Separate and apart from the Lord's Supper, we are also commanded to give. Uh, There are lots of ways we can do that. They are listed on the screen behind me. Uh, If you'll bow with me, we'll give thanks to God for all of our blessings, material blessings. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you have blessed us with. We know throughout the history of man, no generation, no people have ever been blessed materially more than we are right now in this country. God, we ask you to please forgive us when we complain about the price of this going up or the price of this costing that. You have blessed us so much. Please help us, your body, the body of Christ, be different, be unique, be be peculiar like you ask us to be. Help us always be grateful And show gratitude in all that we do, because you have given us so much, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
5: Good morning. Had 305 in attendance this morning. Uh, If any of you among that number are visitors, we are glad to share this morning's service with you and invite you to come back any opportunity you have. I did not have any additional announcements handed to me this morning, but for the benefit of those that may still be viewing us online at home, I'm going to go over those announcements that are in our bulletin. As always, be mindful of those prayer lists, the people that are on that. Devotional landmark nursing home and rehab is today. At 4 o'clock, if you're willing to help with this ministry, please see Jim Estes. Uh, Last leaders today, there'll be song leading and songs of praise. We'll meet in the TAC following morning service. Uh, Leaders, Jeremy and Leanne Jones. Also, Bible Bowl will be at 4.15 p.m. Downstairs in the conference room, that leader is Michelle English. Uh, Last leaders, Wednesday, gifts are at 5.45 p.m. in room 106. This is for all girls, 6th through 12th grade. You do not have to be registered and led to leaders to participate in this class, and that leader is Carrie Parson. This week's food pantry item is canned soup, pop-top type. And also a reminder that our Thanksgiving service will be Tuesday, November the 23rd at 7 o'clock. And also our annual ladies ornament exchange is set for December the 2nd at 5.30 p.m. at the home of Brandon and Rebecca Elliott. All ladies are invited to bring an ornament to exchange and your favorite holiday finger foods. That's all the announcements I have this morning. If you'll bow with me, I'll dismiss us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we once again, thank you for the opportunity we've had to come and worship you and study your word through song and praise. Father, we thank you so much for brother Ken and the message he brought to us this morning. We're so thankful for him being a part of our family. Father, we ask you to continue to be with the elders of this church, that they may continue to lead us in a way that will be pleasing unto thee. Father, be with each and every one of us as we go throughout this upcoming week, that we may live and work and play an example that will be pleasing unto thee. Most of all, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross, that we might have forgiveness for sins and an opportunity of home in heaven with thee one day. It's through his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.